We are wrapping up what has turned out to be a, a short sermon series to go along with a, a short book. We have been in the last two weeks. This is the third in the series. The uh, series is called Hold Fast, and we've been looking at the second, uh, second John. This is a letter from the Apostle John um, to what we found out was uh, he, he writes a lady in, the, in his introduction, um, and we're not sure, nobody really knows whether that's a, an actual lady or a figure of speech for the church. But regardless, this, these 13 verses are full of truth. We found the first two weeks, the first week we said John got straight to the, the word speaking about walking in truth and how important truth was. Even then, and we talked about today, absolute truth of who Jesus is. Uh, and then we also talked about last week in a sermon called Love One Another, which was his second call. If you're walking in truth, he said, we'll be known by the way we love one another. We talked about that that is, one, how we'll be known. It's one, a second, it's how God will be seen in the community, right? God is not going to uh, figure, he's not going to show up in person in our community except through his church, the body of Christ, hands and feet, loving one another. Absent that, he will not be seen in our community. And that, that's the way the world will be reached, is by us taking the change that's been made on the inside and living it out. Uh, this week we come to verses 7 through 13 in Second John, and it's basically this. Who, who remembers this? What show is that from? Lost in Space. I got some people who remember Lost in Space. I remember that when I was a kid. Man, I love that show. And uh, I don't remember the robot's name, but he used to start shouting, danger, danger. Remember him saying that? Danger, danger, Will Robinson. And so this verse 7 comes at a point where th this is getting to the crux of why John wrote the letter. He starts out in the first six verses and said, I'm so proud of you. I'm excited that you and your children are walking in the truth and in obedience and that you're loving one another, and he, he basically says that this verse 7 starts with for or because, and so there's a transition. He says, keep doing that, because here's something I want you to understand, and this message to them was critically important. This message to us is critically important, and I want you to see it. Verse 7, it says, for, remember we, he, he, remember first six verses, this is connected. This isn't just showing up in a random place and we're dropping in. This is connected to walk in the truth, live in obedience. If you love God, you'll be obedient, uh, and, and you will love one another. Four, many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. He then says, watch yourselves title of the sermon today is Watch Yourself, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive them him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, this is what I was saying earlier, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face. Does that resonate with you today, the way it does me? 
I needed to read that verse. That even then, there was the, he understood the value of personal connection and community in the church. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. He wraps it up by saying, the children of your elect sister greet you. Could be the congregation of another church. It could be this lady's nieces and nephews. We don't know, but he sends that greeting. So that's our verses for today. There's this... Um, there's a story about John. You all know Apostle John. We went back to his, He wrote the gospel according to John. He spent time with Jesus. He wrote this letter late in his years, probably in his 90s, living in Ephesus where the church was growing. But this was probably, if I want you to imagine right now, if 100 years ago there was someone who Jesus walked here in Pikeville, okay, and, and one of his apostles were living in this town that walked with him, how incredible that would be to have that resource of information and knowledge and go talk to John and tell us about, about Jesus. So he had his own disciples and people he was teaching, just like we're called to do, to continue to teach and grow. There was a story uh, a historian wrote, uh, Arrhenius was his name, from Polycarp. That's two great names. we got a couple people expecting babies if you've not got your names picked out. Uh, Arrhenius or uh, Polycarp. You know, Poly's really, Polycarp's really good. Uh, but he, Polycarp was a bishop of Smyrna, and he was a contemporary of the Apostle John. And this is the story. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. We can't prove that this is true. But this is what uh, what was written and the story that was passed down. It says John, the disciple of the Lord, going to bathe at Ephesus, and perceiving Serenthus within another great name. Rushed out of the bathhouse without bathing, exclaiming, Let us fly, lest even the bathhouse fall down, because Serenthus, the enemy of the truth, is within. Here he was, the older John, and he was going to, to the bathhouse in Ephesus. And he had such a passion for the truth because he knew the title of this series is Hold Fast. That was his message. If the church is going to persevere, if we are going to persevere, it will be built on the foundation of absolute truth of who Jesus Christ is. And here's what he was saying, danger, danger. There are people who will pretend, who will put on the mask of Christianity. who will claim to profess Jesus but get lost in doctrine and the foundational truths of who he is. And so he starts out with this, for many deceivers, he's saying danger. He's teaching us here, the first point is the danger of deception. Okay, now we could talk about the danger of deception in general. Lies in general right, are not good for anything. Not good for relationships. They're not good for our personal health. They're not good in the workplace. Uh, I, mean, I mean, God's commandments are good and holy, but they also, uh, in and of themselves, are good practices and rules of thumb to be in society. But he's not talking about just general deception. There's not just liars and frauds and people trying to cheat you out of money. He said there are people, uh, there are smooth-talking imposters out there. 
teaching false truths about Jesus. At this time, there were people going around, and they were teaching that, uh, that, that Jesus came, and if he was 100% God, he could not have been man in the flesh. We know that God continually called him. I mean, he was referred to as the Son of Man. We know he was born of the virgin birth. And so these people were missionaries of sorts, going house to house, and they were going around to these communities, and, and he calls them, uh, he is a deceiver and the Antichrist, he the spirit of the Antichrist. This is someone who was the antithesis, who was against the truth of Jesus Christ. And he said, there's danger of deception. That is, it was true 2,000 years ago. It is true today. It is true that people uh, will adulterate the truth of Jesus. This is not this is not John writing saying, you know, if you got somebody that believes this or that about some uh, secondary uh, truth in the Bible, th- this is not that. This is not saying don't take them in your house and don't associate with them. It's not saying don't associate with unbelievers or show hospitality to unbelievers because that's where it gets to you, right? Don't even let them in your house. What he's talking about are people who claim to profess Jesus and are getting a following teaching about Jesus and teaching fundamentally things that are not true about who Jesus is. And so he tells us we need to be ready to identify those. And so I love that little story about him. Can you, I mean, he, he's taking it that serious. This is John. I mean, he, he, it's like us running into going into Walmart and seeing somebody and be like, we got to get out of here. The roof's going to fall in. Y'all have heard that people say about people that come to church, right? If I went to the church, that place would collapse on me or burn up on me, you know. This is how he felt about this person who he had identified and knew specifically was not teaching the truth of the church. And this is the reason he wrote the letter to the lady. He said, walk in truth. Know the truth. Study your doctrine. Know the Bible. Don't just trust people at their word. Be ready. Don't just, don't just go where the winds blow. Use the mind that God gave you to study yourself of God's word and test what people are teaching you and know and trust and walk in the truth. Second, love one another because there's a danger of deception. There are a band of smooth-talking imposters about your town. As I was reading that, the reason, you know, as he says, watch yourself, it's almost like a, uh, uh, watch a sign that says, watch your step. You know, you're coming out somewhere. There's something ahead that you need to be thinking about. Watch your step, uh, big step ahead. Um, and I thought that's how he's teaching us. I was reading that, and I was thinking about you all, you know. I was thinking, they need to watch themselves. You know, our congregation, the people I was going to be speaking to. <laughs> but the the sermon is always first preached to yourself and so it began uh, me was like I got to think about this too I got to think about who I listen to I got to think about who we support who who we're engaged and partnered with to make sure that we are built on the foundation of truth and these people aren't leading people astray they were deceivers he goes in to this verse of verse 8 says watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. The second thing I just want to share with you this morning is this thought 
as I read this entire letter, I was reminded of something that I forget about as a, uh, as a Christian, uh, but that actions have consequences. He's telling them to watch their step and watch themselves and what they true, what they, who they believe and who they follow and who they support. Because it, it's true in, in that area, it's true in all aspects of life that our actions have consequences. You know, we are, uh, you, you heard me talk last week and the week before about how passionate I am about the grace of Jesus Christ. About the fact that we cannot ever outweigh our good over the bad that we do and make it to heaven. That our only path to heaven is to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, to have faith in Him, and by His grace and mercy get us into heaven. And, 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 and we, we often quote the verse, Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And this is true for the unbeliever. But I want to tell you that if you're a believer, God cares about your righteousness. If you want to please the Father, your actions matter. Now, we all know actions have consequences here. But here, this verse took me back to that reminder of the judgment seat of Christ. Y'all remember that verse? And it says, we will all, Christians, will stand before at some point. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will answer for our works, our deeds, the things we've done. Not to see if we get into heaven or not, but it says the things that we did with false motives or we, did it, we didn't build it on the foundation of Jesus or, or you know, it, it was built with not, uh, not good materials, which means our motives could have been about money or power or you know, self-gratification or it could have been selfishness. Any things we did, they said all those things you did are going to be burned up and be as rubble. Only the deeds, the things you did that were built on the foundation of Jesus Christ will stand. And for those, we will be rewarded. Now, that's a, uh, that's a tough scripture to jump around, right? Me and Beth were talking about it last night. We're thinking, so we're going to get to heaven, and some people are going to get, they're going to get like first place, and I'm going to get like tenth. And I mean, if I'm tenth, I'm not going to be happy, so this can't be heaven. And so I was studying, I was reading, and it says, you know what? If your motives are true, if your motives for what you're doing, the good deeds that you're doing here while your time on earth are, are good. And there's this little test I found. It says, pass these four tests. If you're, you'll know if your works will stand. One, if love is your motive. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Second, is faithfulness your attitude? Three, and this is the one I think... We got to we gotta just, I mean, the other two for me are not as much, but this third one I got to think about and remind myself. Is God's glory our goal? Or, or is what we are doing and trying to be good and do good things, is the real goal to be God's glory? And fourth, are we doing things so big that only the, the power of the Holy Spirit can do it? That's kind of the, the, the four-pronged test 
And I was thinking about that, and it said, so if you pass those four things, you're doing those good things, that it said these rewards that we get when we get to heaven are not so much about recognition of us, but it's another way. It's really something else that we can lay down at his feet. To say, I lived my life in service to you, and I'm going to do it for eternity. That I love you that much. You'll also find that those that get the most rewards are going to be the closest to righteous like Christ, and they're going to be super humble. But I was reminded that God cares about what you do. And I think that is, for me, it was important. I mean, we're, we've, we've started Faith Life Ministries, and now we've launched Faith Life Market with this kind of foundational belief from Ephesians 2.10 that says we are Christ's. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good things that he prepared in advance for us to do. Like, we know there's, I know there's good stuff for me to do. What that says is every believer has purpose. And that there's these good things to do, yet I'm so tempted to wake up every day and think what I do isn't going to matter. Can I speak to you as a dad? And say what you do matters. The actions you make, the decisions you make, the way you live your life matters. Can I speak to you as a to the mothers and say that the actions you take, the life, the things you pour into your children and your spouse matters. Because here's, you know, we know what is tempted to happen is that we can get weary in doing good. We can grow weary. He asks us not to grow weary that in due time we'll reap what we've sown. Your actions will matter here, but can I tell you that when you are obedient and you do good things and those good things that God puts in your heart and you begin to live out, I mean, it's the time when you give an extra $5 to the waitress because God said tip them to all the way to showing up mowing somebody's grass to, to opening a door for somebody to thinking about your neighbor and checking on them? Well, who would do that in today's day and time? That those things please your Father. That they please God. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 15, and verse 58, it says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor, I'm speaking to you right now. You that, you're, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom that, or, or maybe you're out of work or, or, or whatever. I'm speaking to you right now that if you are a believer your labor is not in vain.
We know it has earthly consequences. We see it has heavenly consequences of the rewards and how God is looking down upon us and seeing what we do. I want to thank you. I don't know how many volunteers and people we've had praying, donating, not just in our church, in the community, giving, showing up in what we're trying to put together two blocks away. You guys have stepped it up like I could not believe. I was weary about, you know, this is it's a strange time for us to be opening something new, right? I mean, everything's closing. <laughs> and I just keep coming back to this message of faith life. We walk by faith, not by sight. And every community needs a beacon of people who are walking by faith and not by sight. Every community needs a place where the collective of people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ can set doctrine and denominations aside and say, in here, we are the church. And we are going to love this town. And we are going to love people out of desperate situations. Not just pray for them, not just give them handouts, but invest in them and care about them. Do the difficult work of relationship building. We're opening Tuesday. We're going to have a coffee shop. Wednesday, Thursday at 7 o'clock. I started out Monday optimistic. Y'all ever do that? It's rare, isn't it? started a Monday optimistic. I felt good about last week. Uh... We didn't have a barista yet. We'd hired two part-time people. We have all the equipment in a coffee shop. And uh, we got me that went in there one evening and, and made about eight or ten drinks. I think the last one didn't get poured out. So if it was going to be dependent upon me to be making the coffees, this was not going to be a good week of opening. And so I was, I was thinking, we've got to have a, a, a barista. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I was confident Monday. It's like, oh, we got five days. I mean, the other people I was talking to was like, what are you doing? You can't have an opening date. You don't even have a barista. And what are you gonna, how are you, you going to have a coffee shop? How are you going to open and not have a barista? And I said, I, we'll get one this week. I don't know. I just believed we would. Thursday, that was Monday morning. Thursday at 7, we did not have one yet. We thought, I thought I had a lead on one, so it was really me being confident in myself because I knew somebody we were reaching out to, and I thought, for, we're going to meet with her. For sure this is going to work out. Didn't. 7 o'clock Thursday, I was getting a little less optimistic because we were doing a friends and family yesterday, uh, you know, a test run through uh, for the, the shop. And, um, and I knew I had one other lead. I tried to add her as a friend on Facebook, and she ignored me. And, um, and so turns out that, uh, I mean, I was thinking, where am I going? Where we, I was thinking, we're going to have to go track down. I was this close to going to Food City and standing in line at Starbucks and saying, hey, how much you making? <laughs> but I decided to let God show up anyway instead. So Thursday night, we were finishing cleaning up. We were having training Friday night for our baristas. We got two part-time, great customer service, but they didn't know, I mean, a bun coffee maker. I mean, a, Mr. Coffee was what they knew. They didn't know the espresso machine. They didn't know steaming milk. It's kind of a, it's a bit of a craft. Um, and so... We were there Thursday evening, and 
Emily Addis was on a worship team. She said, I had this student that I think um, that I think w- was a barista. And I don't know how we started the conversation, but this was it was the girl that I had friended on Facebook that had ignored me. And um, but Emily knew her and was friends with her on Facebook. And so she uh, um, she messaged her and told her what we were thinking about doing. And um, she, she, we ended up talking that night. I just shared with her a little bit of the vision, the mission, and what we were trying to do. And basically said it, it was not like, it was like she was interviewing us. You know, we were de- desperate at this point. Uh, I was saying, you, we, let's meet tomorrow, the day of the training. Well, she didn't need the training. She's worked at several coffee shops. Uh, and... Uh, and so she came, and we met yesterday afternoon, Bethany, uh, and I, we walked through. She made a couple of coffees. Um, and I can't believe how God works things out. We sat there, and we talked, and I said, well, listen, can you come to training tonight? The, I mean, this is the day of. She said, well, I can't make it tonight. I can't get a, a babysitter, but I'll be there Saturday. The training. And there was just so many times on Saturday, right? She showed up at 9.30. She knew how to open. She knew how to turn the machine on, clean it. She knew how to make the drinks, like all that stuff that I was going to be in there stressed out about. All of a sudden, she was teaching the other girl. I mean, it was just like several of you came by and visited. You got coffees. They weren't terrible. Uh, they were actually delicious. Um, and, and so this morning, I already she'd sent us a message and the three people we've hired, all coming from different walks in life and challenges, never had an employer pour into them and care about them like we're getting ready to. And they're already starting to see their life change. And I'm thinking about how actions matter. How love is not just a feeling, it's not just a belief, but it's a set of actions that we take. See, this place is going to point people back to Jesus. It's going to be an anchor of truth. It's going to be a place where we love one another. And when we do that, lives are going to change. And you all are a part of that. I want to take this moment to thank you. God for you. Remember, we did a, a thank you sermon once. You see that Paul and the apostles, as when they would begin letters, they would never say thank you. He would always start and say, I thank my God for you because I know why you're doing good because your heart has been changed by Christ. It's not me. It's not you. This is God doing something. And so here we are. We've hired people. We're opening Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. We got a full schedule of employees for this week. We got hours set. We got all the equipment. The place looks great. Everybody in here better buy coffee every single day. Stop by and see it uh, and uh, enjoy it and spread the word about it um, because it's, it's not just coffee. It's not just thrift. It's not baked goods that we're selling. It's purpose, purpose anchored in our creator 
he finishes this up sharing these words. Everyone who goes ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. He says we'll know them. You'll know these people by the way they love themselves more than, more than uh, the world or, or their neighbor, by the way they love one another. It's clear we talked about last week. That's the way sincere, genuine Christians are known. Disciples, you will, people will know you are my disciples because you love one another. You don't have, you're not fighting and splitting and, 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 and creating havoc. You will be known by the way you love one another. Abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Here he taught us to be careful, to be conscious, know these people, and not support them so that we don't become part of what they're doing. It's hard for me. I'm a super, I'm a super, uh, uh, I don't know, not naive, but like I like everybody. It's hard for me to imagine this. But John was this serious because there was something at stake. And what was at stake is truth. And without truth, you can't build a church. You can't build a movement. God can't work if we get distracted from the truth. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I'll come to you and talk face to face. Guys, you've made my joy complete seeing you all this morning. Uh, you know, we can't shake hands and hug necks like we like to. Um, so what I'd like for everybody to do is take 30 seconds Look at your neighbor. Look at somebody behind you. Get face-to-face -face with somebody you don't normally see and just wave at them. Say hi. I don't care. Take it. Just say hi to somebody. If you're online, FaceTime your friend. Look at your family. He wrapped it up by saying there's so much value in community. Let me say one more thing as we get ready to close. We've talked a lot to the church today. Talked a lot to the church. To those of you believers in Jesus, you've given your heart and your life to him. I want to speak to those who are not, who are still on the fence, who are still wondering let me tell you, we know from the Bible that God is calling you. We know that every person, that it says, for God so loved the world that anybody who will believe on him would have everlasting life and you'd never perish. That if we would come to him as a child, that you your actions matter in how you step out and you live your life. See, you have a chance to change family trees. You have a chance to, 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 to bring uh, peace and leadership to your family. You have opportunity to do life-changing things through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And while we know he saves us, we also know it takes us stepping out. Not stepping out into an aisle, but stepping out figuratively in faith and trusting and professing him. God, we come to you today. God, we hold so many things dear to us. Possessions, family members, positions, 
reputations. God, there's things we would fight people for. God, let us be the most focused and the most protective. John reminded here at 13 verses, and he said the most important thing to hold fast to for your family, for your friends. He's saying you will be tempted to, to slide. You'll be tempted to not believe. You'll be tempted to be distracted, to be deceived. But God, let us be willing to, to fight for truth. For you. God, remind us today that what we do with our hands and feet and mouths every single day matters. And we have the chance to either pour into people and do good and share your love or bring people down and do harm. God, give us the strength, the wisdom. Make us into who you want us to be. God, we'll give you the glory for all of this, every good thing. God, you sent the right person to help us because we're stepping out in faith. I pray you bless them, you bless the customers, you bless the volunteers, you just bless that building, that place that you give favor upon it. God, as we share the message, we've got it hanging on the door, the scripture when people walk out of there. The last thing they see, it says, walk by faith, not by sight. God, give us the strength to do that in the most difficult, trying time our generation has faced. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.